Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Uh, but what is faith? So let's talk about faith today. So faith, I put a few things that were on my heart, and hopefully one or two of them will resound in your heart. But faith is leaping when you're not sure where you're going to land. So you take the jump and you don't know where you're going to land. You just take the jump, and little kids are good at that. Little kids, they'll jump, right? You just put your hand, they just jump. They trust. It's after you've been dropped a few times that it's hard to take the leap, right? But that's what it is. It's about even when you can't, well, let me read it. It's faith is when you can't prove it in the natural, but something in your spirit believes it. So you can't prove it, but you just know that you know that you know. Faith is when you can't guarantee it, but even though you can't guarantee it, you know it's going to happen. And I put another one. Faith is even when no one else can see it, somehow, some way, you can see a glimpse of it in your imagination. And that's what faith is. So faith, you know, let's not complicate it. Faith is just taking a step where there's not where you can't see. And that pleases God because that takes a level of trust or relationship in order for us to take that step. And so most of us aren't going to take the step unless we trust in somebody. So a little kid, they're not really going to jump off a ledge unless there's somebody there waiting to catch them. And so we need that somebody, and that somebody is God. And so as we have relationship with him and we begin to trust him more and more, it's easier to take steps of faith. The problem, or one of the problems is, that gets in the way is we don't spend enough time with him in order to trust him. So we trust so many things and we trust so many people and we trust everything else. But many times we don't trust God until it's a last resort. Like many times people don't trust God until they're in jail, right? Okay, now, now because there's nobody else there for me, I'm going to trust you. Right, when your marriage is all, you went to everybody and then all of a sudden there's no one else to go to. Then we turn to God. Y'all with me? And so faith, what is it? It's the master key. It's the master key. We'll talk about four keys that I touched on last week. But faith is the key that we, that unleashes or unlocks the power of God through you. So he's just looking for somebody who's going to walk in faith. And I shared in the first service that, you know, Adam was given all this authority and dominion in the book of Genesis. God creates Adam. He creates Eve out of, out of Adam. And then he gives them dominion. He says, you have dominion. He says, you name the animals. The animals came. He named the animals. He had authority. He had dominion. When he said something, the whole garden heard it. But they fell into sin. And I'm not here to blame Adam because if it was me and my wife, we would have sinned as well. We would have missed it. And so he misses it. He, he relinquishes that authority to the enemy or to Satan, and Satan takes that authority, and he becomes a man. And God says, you got to leave the, the garden. And he kicks Adam and, Adam and Eve out of the garden because they missed it, because they, they did not cherish or steward uh, that authority well. And that's what happens with us. We're no different. We have this authority. Many times we're not even aware of it. We're not even aware of the, the authority that God's given us that what we say truly does matter. That you can take a child who's genius, who has all the gifts 
that are available who is the smartest child, but if you take them at two, three, four, five years old and you start speaking death over them, you'll never do it. You'll never do it. Doesn't matter how smart they are, how many gifts, those words matter and they, they have authority. So what was spoken over you, many times we live what was spoken over us. And we talked about that last week, that sometimes we can't move forward because we're stuck on what somebody said 10 years ago, 20 years ago over our life. And we don't think we can do it because, because somebody said we can't do it and because we didn't see nobody else do it. Y'all with me? So I'm going to get it a little easy here so y'all can get it. So that if grandma and great-grandma was using the ask access card, ooh, can I just preach here, right? Using the access card, and that's all you saw when you went to the store. Guess what you're going to use when you go to the grocery store? The access card, right? And if your kids are watching you use the access card, and I'm not against the there's a there's a place for the access card. I'm not coming against the access card. What I'm coming against is that spirit of poverty that we get stuck on, not understanding we have authority and dominion, that we don't have to stay in that place using the access. There's a time that we got to cut that thing up and say, yo, call, I'm canceling that thing because I'm walking in something greater. I'm taking authority of what God has given me, and I refuse to stay in that place. And I'm I'm telling you, your kids, oh, and even if they're not born yet, because some of y'all are young and don't have, your kids are saying, can we throw the access card away? Faith, faith, faith is the key that, 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 that God is looking for. When he sees someone walking in faith, he stops. He wants to stop. Say, oh. He's attracted to someone walking in faith. How does that happen? That means there has to be some kind of relationship. And when we look, when we look at Genesis 12, we see that he finds a man. He has Adam. Adam messes it up. He has no one. Noah does some amazing things. But God is looking, and he finds Abram. He finds Abram. And when he finds Abram, he starts to have conversation with Abram. And as I thought about Abram, who many of you know, his name gets changed to Abraham, but when he finds Abram, he starts to call Abram. And the beautiful thing is that Abram responds. And so God is calling many of you. There's seasons when you feel and you hear him calling. There's other moments where you don't, you don't even care if he's calling. But it, what, what makes the difference is your response. It's your response to his call. And so I would say for me, he called me since I was a kid, he's been calling me. And then I messed some things up, and I, like many of us, and I said, he's not going to call anymore. But the beautiful thing is he kept calling. He kept calling, and, it, and even when I ran from him, he kept calling. He was looking for a response. See, even when I gave up on myself, even when I gave up on him, he didn't give up on me. And he kept calling, and finally I responded. I said, okay, God, really, you want to use me? Really, you want to use me? I said, I'm too old, and I gave him all these excuses just like we all do, the why we can't do it, all the things that were spoken over us, even in the church sometimes. All the pain and all the excuses and all the reasons, and many of those things had some validity and truth to them, but they were not good enough not to respond to my creator. And he called, and finally I just submitted. said, God, what do you want to do? Because I tried my way. I went, I went to college, and I'm not coming against college. I went to college. I got a job. I had a 401K. We built a house. I had that American dream because I thought that's where it was. But God said, no, that's so little. 
I'm not coming against those things. I'm not coming. You could have you could drive a nice car. You could build a house. Please do it if he asks you to do it. But it is so much greater than what the world offers us. He's offering authority. He's offering something powerful that when you walk in the room, oh, some people take notice. Not because of you, but because of the God that you believe in. And he finds Abram, and Abram responds. And he says, oh, now we have some relationship. And I thought about Abram, and I said, God, why, you, why, why would you choose him? And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, man, I called some other people before him. They just didn't respond. And many times he's calling, he's calling, he's calling, and I've said it here. I said, God, that you would choose me to, to open this church in my dining room table with four people. And look, now we have two services, and look what you're doing, and this is just the beginning. And I said, God, oh, man, you picked me. He says, oh, I picked some others before you. They just didn't respond. Don't think that your calling is yours. It's his. And if you don't respond, say, uh, next. Doesn't mean you can't get to heaven. I'm not here saying that. But I'm saying, oh, God, I feel this so strong. That if you keep walking and running from eventually, he says, okay, okay, I'm just looking for somebody to respond. I'm just looking for somebody to look back at me. I'm a young man. I met, I'm, I don't know why I'm going to share this, but I'm going to share it. And the men in the room, you may get this a little more. But we had an outreach at, on, on Allegheny. We had food and music, and people were there, and people were rejoicing. And there was probably like 200 volunteers there. I think it was two years ago. It was powerful. And I met with a young man who says, man, I went there. I didn't know what it was. I went and I looked at it. Wow, this is beautiful. He says, I, I felt so good there. He says, and as I walked, he wasn't part of the church. He says, as I walked away, he said, I did a double take. He says, it's like when you see a shorty. <laughs> Looking good, right? He said, but I didn't do it for a shorty. I did it for the joy of the Lord that was happening in that place. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for a church that somebody would do a double take. Like, oh, that looks good. Oh, I, I need some of that in my life. And that, that's what he's looking for. But that happens when you respond. When you respond and Abram responds, he says, God, what do you want? God says, leave. Leave your native country, your friends, your family. Leave and Go. And I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make you famous. You will be the blessing and no longer would you be the curse. In fact, those who bless you will be blessed and those who curse you will be cursed. I don't know about you, but I want some of that promise in my life. I want to live that same covenant that God made with Abraham. It's available to you and to me and I want it. So let's go over those keys. The first key, relationship with God. That relationship, that conversation. The second one is giving God legal rights. There's order in the house. There's order in the spiritual realm. And, and, and I began to understand that there's rank structure just like there is in, in, in earthly things like in the army and government. There's rank structure in heaven. So there's a, there's a level of rights that you have that you have to submit to God. So you got to give him legal right. Number three, which is believe, faith. 
You got to believe it's him calling. You don't have to believe a whole lot. You just got to believe a little bit. And then the last one, eventually we got to, we got to leave some stuff so we can go where he called us to go. And, and we talked about that last week, how in order to, in order to go, you got to leave some stuff. You got to leave some, some of your past. You got to leave some of those relationships. You got to leave some of the way of thinking. Because sometimes we want to go somewhere. He's calling us to go, but we refuse to let go of all the baggage, carrying all the junk because we're we so used to it. And you can't flow in what God has called because that stuff needs to stay in the kingdom of darkness. So you got to let that go. You got to renounce some stuff. You got to let go of some lies over your life. You better start thinking a little bit better of yourself. That orphan spirit, that beggar spirit that we're so used to, that, 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 that vocabulary that we use saying, oh, I could never do it, that we speak over ourselves, we speak it over our neighbor, our relatives, and our children. That's got to go. It's got to go. We got to leave. Some of us need to leave that religious spirit from church. And leave that religious spirit and walk in a kingdom mindset. And let me tell you, this is not complicated. It's not complicated. He says he's not looking for a bunch of mature people who have it all figured out. He never says that. Jesus says, I'm not looking for old people. And I'm talking mentally, not age-wise. Who got it all figured out because they were in church all their lives. He's, not look, he's looking for somebody who's going to be like that child who's going to take the leap. Who's going to trust He's looking for sons. He's looking for daughters who will stop and listen to his voice, leave some stuff so we can go. People he can direct. People he can lead. People he can bless. People he can flow through. He's looking for men and women who have a childlike willingness to believe. See, children, they believe. When you tell your, your, your nephew or your little, or even your neighbor's kid, you say, I'm, I promise I'll do this, they won't forget. They will not, you promised. Tell your kids. You tell them something because you want them to behave. If you behave, I promise, I'm going to take you to Chuck E. Cheese's or wherever. You, you said, you said, they start, you said because they, they, they believe. They believe. They haven't been corrupted with all the disappointment and pain that many of us have been through. And lies, Right? After, after you make the promise to the kid ten times and, and don't do it, then eventually they're like, ah, mm. and that's what happens to many of us. We're not able to believe because we've been lied to too many times. And, and, and here he wants to cancel that lie and say, I'm faithful. I'm a faithful father. I'm a good father. I'm for you. I just need you to respond. Once you start responding, you'll get to know me. As you get to know me, you'll get to trust me. As you get to trust me, you'll have faith in me. And then we can move together. And it's not just your strength, but it's my strength, he says. His spirit. And so Jesus said it, Mark 10, and he says it many times. He says, one day parents brought their children. The parents brought their children so Jesus would pray for them. So Jesus would touch them, bless them, but the disciples said, no. No, it's too many kids. They're going to surround them. They're, they're covering Jesus. And, and it says Jesus saw that and he got angry. He told the disciples, no. Let the children come. He says, let the children come to me. Do not stop them. For the kingdom of God, I love it. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like children. 
He's not looking for your PhD. He's not looking. He's not looking for that. I mean, good, good. You get a PhD, praise God. I'm going to get a PhD, right? I'm going to get my doctorate. I'm going to do that stuff. That, that's good. It's not bad. In God's timing, we need to do some of that. But, man, when we come to him, we need to come as children. Children still imagine. They still believe. You know, when, 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 when a child comes to you, my, my kids, they were, Dad, you said, or you were going to, or, or, or you said you would do this. And, and, and remember what you promised, Dad. They use my word when they come to me. And we need to do the same thing when we come to God. Dad, your word says that if I seek you first, everything else gets added. And even when all hell's breaking loose, I'm going to say, hold up, Dad. You said in your word, and we need to keep going back. And guess what that does to God? It pleases him. It obligates him to move on your behalf. But it's using his word. Not your word. Because a lot of times we go to the Father using our words. He wants genuineness. But if you go to him with all the lies you carry, I know, I know they said I can't do it, God. But somehow, way, would you just remember me like a beggar? He says, I want to respond, but I'm looking for sons. Because when we come to God with that beggar mentality, we minimize who he is. See, he flows through people who acknowledge that he's unstoppable. Not people who say, you're little, you're little, you're little. But if you show up, you show up. If you don't show up, it doesn't matter. Oh, how he wants to show up. But he wants to, he wants to show up for something and say, oh, there's nothing too big for you, Dad. You created the heavens and the earth. Every breath I take is a gift from you, so I know you're going to show up. I know that this problem, this giant, is small. I stand on your shoulders. Oh, God. He's waiting for people to have real conversations like that. So he can manifest his glory. His glory through you. See, it's, all, it's, it's his plan, not yours. And his plan was that you would represent him. You would represent him while you're here on earth. You were created in his image, the Bible tells us. That means you should be walking in goodness, power, love, authority. In fact, it's your responsibility as a son, as a daughter to bring heaven to earth. And we do that through faith. Is anybody getting this in the house today? See, faith, faith, it shakes darkness. You know how I know that? Because it attracts God. And as God is attracted to something, he shows up and when he shows up, darkness has to leave. It draws him close. And you have authority, church. We need to start acting like it. Believing it. When you start walking in faith, and this is what happened to Abram. When Abram started walking in faith... See, see, God needs a channel. He needs a vessel. He needs a vessel. That's why he's calling you. That's why he's calling me. He's looking for a vessel. He's looking for a vessel. And, and, and when we walk in faith, it gives God permission because he said some things in order. It gives him permission to invade earth 
through your life. So sometimes we're waiting for somebody else to do it. Oh, man, I'm not talking to some church folk here. Waiting for somebody else to do it. And it's cool, but at some point, he's asking you to do it. He's asking you to do it. He's asking you to do it. He says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's some keys for you, church. There's some keys for you, church. Now, the kingdom of heaven is so much bigger than what you do. So much bigger than what you do. It's about who you know. It's about who you know. Who you depend on and who you believe in. See, when you start to pray, like, instead of, oh, man, if you would just not forget about me. But, no, you start praying, like, the Lord, you, Father, you are my strength. You are my refuge. You are my hope. Not me, but I depend upon you. And I know that I know that I know according to your word, you have not left me. You have not forsaken me. Doesn't matter what giant I face, you're bigger. When you start to pray like that, whoo, he starts to show up. And, I, and it led me to David and Goliath. And I'm going to end with this. David and Goliath. David is facing the giant, and nobody wants to face the giant. The whole army's there. And here comes jo David, young shepherd boy, just shows up. And David shows up, and he sees the giant. He said, what's going on? They're like, the giant comes out every morning, and he threatens us. And there was, the giant came out, and he threatened the, the people. And David looked like, no one going to stand up to him? And the brothers were like, go home. You don't even understand. You don't even You see how big he is? He's nine foot. His sword is bigger than you. But David, man, David said, I, I, I could take him. I could take him. It wasn't because of David's stature. It wasn't because David was so strong. It was about all about who David knew. See, David had those keys. He had relationship. He had already given God that legal right. He, would, he believed in God. And, and let, me, let me share the conversation with you. This is the giant, Goliath, talking to little David. And he tells David, he says, am I a dog? Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And he cursed David right there. And he cursed David by the names of his God. And he says, hey, David, come here. I'm going to give your body, your flesh, to the birds and the wild animals, he tells little David. It says, Goliath yelled that at him. And David replies to the giant, he says, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. He said, but listen, I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. See, he knew who he was walking with. There was relationship there. Those keys were in place. He said, he said, the, the God of the armies of Israel, who, whom you have defiled, you have come against my God. He says, today. He didn't say tomorrow or in an hour. He says, today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you, he says. I will cut off your head. Little David. No armor, no sword. He just had a slingshot. I'm going to cut your head off, he says. Why? Because he was walking in authority. And that same authority is for you and it's for me, but we need to believe it. And he says, and I will give, he says, 
And then I will give the dead bodies of your, of your army to the birds and the wild animals. So he came back at him. You think you're taking me? No, no. I'm taking you and your family. He says, and the whole world will know that there is a God. That there's a father in heaven. That's what he was saying. But a God in Israel. And says, and he says, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. For this is the Lord's battle, and he has already given it to us. See, when we start to talk like David, start to acknowledge who we are. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. You could come with whatever you come with. It don't matter. You have no idea who you're talking to. You don't know who I know. See, see, it, it isn't so much about your talent. It isn't so much about your plan and your strategy. It, it, it's, it's all about who you know. See, it is in those moments that faith rises over fear, that it rises over the rules that the world has set in place. It is faith that will kill the giants in your life. Stop running from your giant and face your giant. Tell your giant, today your head gets cut off, giant. Fear, we're done. I don't know what your giant looks like. I don't know if it's insecurity, sickness, hopelessness, fear, whatever it is. Lies that you have to fight, right? But faith begins to topple those giants. And then faith also brings that multiplication that God wants for you, that overflow that he's declared over you. Can we stand in this place? Faith, faith, faith. It's by faith I'm saved. By faith I am made new. It is by faith that I am healed. It is by faith I am delivered. It is by faith that giants begin to fall. It is by faith that mountains begin to move. It is by faith that you'll start walking in your purpose. It is by faith that you'll discover your destiny. Can we close our eyes in this house right now? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of faith, God, that we would not despise the gift or run from it, but we would run towards faith, God. That faith would become who we are. Oh, God, that as we walk in faith, God, and respond to your call, God, you would show up, God, and wow us, God. I pray that some lives would be wowed in this place, God, so that, Lord, your city would get to know you, God. But use us here first, God. We, 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 we're, we're up for the challenge. We want to be like David. We're ready to face our giants. We're ready to see some mountains be moved. So I pray, God, you would bring clarity, hope, healing to your sons and daughters. Those who acknowledge being sons and daughters and those who are in the process, God. That we would begin to call you dad or pop or father. Because I know you're looking for that in our vocabulary. So I pray it over every person here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.